Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. and welcome to the Proactive Caregiving Podcast. As a CPA with over 20 years as an industry accountant, Jessica stepped away from the corporate world to become a full-time caregiver for her mother. Having learned invaluable lessons along the way, she is now here to share those with you and to invite you to join her on this caregiver's journey. Here is your host, Jessica Cannon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Well, if you're like me, regardless of age, the many other words come to mind when someone mentions Medicare. Mainly words like "Mm, retirement, older, government insurance, not required yet, too young to consider, and even it can wait. Yet for the growing number of millennial and sandwich generation caregivers, this topic can't wait. Why? Well, if you had a chance to listen to my previous podcast with attorney Virginia Sampson, As we discuss caregiver compliance, and you know your loved one will need a designated person to speak on their behalf to help them establish or maintain their Medicare coverage. In that respect, you will need to know more about Medicare sooner than you probably planned on. Even though I'm not of age yet, like many others my age and younger, this is yet another side of caregiving which can seem overwhelming with so many details. Today, we're with me. I would like you to meet Joe and Monique Barajas. They're co-owners of Barajas Insurance Group. Both are licensed agents who live and breathe the ins and outs of Medicare and train new agents as well to do the same. Today's podcast is a big deal, pun intended. So I wanted two experts instead of one to help me dig into the details within Medicare. So find a comfy spot, maybe grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to take more than mental notes. And on that note, welcome on Joe and Monique. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Definitely. So when did Barajas Insurance Group get started? The official start date is uh, April 2017. However, uh, I started in the insurance business back in 2009 with the intention of having a brokerage, you know, sometime in the future, just didn't know exactly when. And about eight years later, um, me and my wife decided to do it. Yeah, I actually got him into the insurance world. Um, I never intended to even go the insurance route. You know, I I was a marketing major and I actually went into media. And um, after a couple of years in the newspaper industry, it was kind of a dying breed Mm -hmm. at that that time. It was like 2007, right? When like Twitter and Facebook were really, really about like blasting off. Mm -hmm. And so I got introduced to this whole Medicare advantage uh insurance world through a coworker of mine whose husband was in the industry and said you know there's an opening and so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door and then after a couple of years I'm like you know Joe you'd be really good at this because he was already in sales but he was on the tech side so mm-hmm. um I kind of brought him into <laughs> into this side and we've been doing this ever since 
I'm a firm believer of things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So since you came into this, how has it changed your thought process for, I guess, your golden years, your financial planning in years to come? Well, to answer that question, I would start off by saying when Monique brought the opportunity to me, or at least gave me the idea since I was looking for a career change, it definitely hit home for me because about was it three years before you asked me to join the Medicare world? I'd help uh, my mom yep. mm-hmm. um, with insurance. And so uh, she had gotten to a big auto accident and uh, she was just not of good mind uh, because of the drug she was on and the pain mm-hmm. she was in and all the surgeries she was going through to deal with insurance. So I remember spending a good nine months to maybe 12 months of my life with Monique's help, who was at the time not even my fiance yet. She was so patient with me. It was awesome. Um, but uh, I spent that long dealing with insurance and learning the terminology that no one cares to learn at that early, right. at that age in your 20s. Exactly. Uh, and, and the stress and all of the headaches that go with insurance, especially when you're just not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she said that, and I was already at a crossroad with my, in my career, it wasn't even a financial thing. It wasn't like, oh, I could, you know, cause she did bring me that opportunity. Like, hey, you can make some really good, you know, money in this business and you could really have different financial goals from it. It wasn't even that. It was, I was at a crossroad and then I really, really slept on it realizing, I don't know how many people would take the time to do what I did. Uh, not, of course, it's for your mother. I'm sure a lot of people would. But the point is the research, almost the school that I put myself through for nine to 12 months dealing with insurance if I could just make it simpler for somebody, just one person, this feels like a good opportunity. Now, later on, about five years into it, when I was like, hey, this idea of a brokerage agency, maybe partnering with growing my wife and growing a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that started to come to fruition. But if I'm being completely candid, it was just an opportunity that seemed right. And then when I slept on it, I couldn't stop thinking about how confusing it was for me to help my mom and how still to this day she doesn't even know right anything about insurance uh so and i just wanted to help people well there's so many details in this and that's where a lot of people when you hear these words you know medicare insurance absolutely it's, it's very daunting and i think of another word that comes to mind is red tape sure absolutely yeah, <laughs> and things change every year in our industry so we've got to keep our license up to date and We've got to keep our certifications every year with every carrier that we're contracted with. So, I mean, not it's like when you're in it, you're in it. You really right. have to be aware of all the changes. And then not just that, but going back for me in particular, just hearing clients say, wow, you made that so easy. Or like, right. oh my gosh, you have just been, you so know, helpful. so helpful and in making sure I understand these details or you've made it so easy Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Whereas they call a 1-800 number and they don't, they're talking to somebody out in Kentucky who doesn't know the market, who doesn't know the network, who doesn't know the doctors, who doesn't know the benefits. And they just like put them on like some random plan. So it's, it really is good to talk to somebody local who knows the plans in your area and things like that. That way you can like really help somebody. Well, and that's kind of how this happens. We start out on a personal level. And for you, Joe, it was your mother. And now that you both have this knowledge, it's just kind of, it's similar how I started out with my accounting. 
every time I went through this, something would happen on my end personally where I was helping family with it. And so it that's one of the things that did kind of fuel my desire to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. But for others our age and younger at this point in time, I mean, you think about if that incident never happened with your mother, would you right. have ever considered, you know, and there's a lot of times that we, we get to the point where life just happens. Yeah. I know that's not necessarily a question, but I would love to, to actually uh, uh, you know, comment on that because I have thought about that. And I, I like to think that I'm a good person and I do things, you know, <laughs> for the right reasons. But, um, I think that if it didn't happen the way it happened and the opportunity still came, I would have done it for the money, which would have made me not necessarily a bad agent, but maybe not the agent that's out there um, looking for the the plan that fits a person's needs. It's just, oh, right. here's something for you. Maybe I don't have as good of an education on it as I should. Take it. Right. Whereas right. now in any situation that I'm in, whether it's a client, whether it's an interview like this whether it's training an agent, there's a genuine care and consideration exactly. of trying to train you or teach you, even if you are the client, because you should know your own plan that you're getting involved. Just because I'm quote unquote, the expert to put you in it doesn't still make it right for you not to know. Right. So I try to at least take that approach. Monique, you know, takes that approach. We train that to our agents because I think that that's the true root of learning. That's the ultimate satisfaction in your career growth. I learned that now. I don't know that I knew that in 2009, but, <laughs> but, um, and it's just the right thing to do. Right. So, well, and that's, that is one of the hindsight takeaway from it is that as we teach others, we learn more. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. with that thought process, mm-hmm. what is Medicare? What can you tell me about that? So yeah, Medicare, it's a federally funded, you know, insurance program. And so the easiest way I like to explain it is there's two parts to Medicare and you can be eligible if you're 65 or older, or if you have a disability. So a lot of people that we work with either, you know, have either one of those. And so there's two parts, there's part A and part B. Part A covers your hospital care and part B covers your doctors. Now associated with Medicare, if you've worked into the U.S. for 10 years, then, and you've paid into those taxes, you don't have a premium for your Part A. You're entitled to it. Nice. So that's how they how they go about that. However, with Part B, depending on your income and the average right now, there's a premium. The average is about $144.50, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I believe. I think, and it, again, yeah. that does change every year. Right. So Inflation. you got to keep, yeah, you got to look at those statements that you get from Social Security. So a lot of people... You know, if they start receiving their SSI income, you know, they are paying that premium every month out of there. Or if they're still working. So I have some clients that are still working, but their employer says, we can't cover you anymore. You're going to have to get on Medicare and a Medicare plan. And in fact, it might be even better to do that. Because sometimes the employer plans have really high deductibles. Oh, right. And so the uh, Medicare Advantage plans, most of them have zero deductible yeah so right off the bat you're already going to be saving that upfront cost so um uh, except for that premium so 
anyways, yeah. So to answer your question, I I could go on and on and on about, you know, (laughs) Medicare in general, but Medicare has two parts, part A, part B. There's deductibles to each if you just decide to keep Medicare. But the plans we offer, you have to have um, A and B to qualify. Well, to kind of sum that up too, she mentioned uh, 10 years. It doesn't have to be 10 consecutive years. It's just a matter of 40 quarters paying into your working career. I have a number of... uh, you know, ladies who are turning 65 or have turned 65 and they, um, I think they worked like their first 10 years from 20 to 30 and then, you know, they became a mom and then took Mm -hmm. off 20 years to raise their kids. And then they, they worked again. And so they're always concerned that I pay enough and it doesn't have to be consecutive years. It just has to be, usually it's 10 years, right? But it could be spread out or it could just be, just be the 40 quarters that you have to pay in social security. And also too, to reiterate uh, what Monique said, it is the, the Medicare system is a federal government. It's the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, nicknamed CMS. Um, it's run by the U.S. Department of Health and uh, Human Services. So it's, uh, but because it's a federally funded program, mm-hmm. uh, it was never designed to be a full insurance plan. So the biggest education that we can provide, not just those who are getting Medicare right. or getting on Medicare, excuse me, those that are helping their family get Medicare or get a plan, the biggest uh, education we can give is that because it was never designed, there are deductibles that they have to meet for mm-hmm. Part A and for Part B, and there's always going to be a 20% that they have to cover. Mm-hmm. And since it's not a full insurance plan, it doesn't come with prescription drugs like maybe somebody who's still working, has an employer plan, is used to getting, you know, hospital, doctor, and prescription drug coverage in one card. So it's just important to know that it's designed to help, but it's almost like a gatekeeper to get other Medicare options that would help with those drugs or costs. Medicare alone isn't going to get the coverage that you need. You're going to want to get the prescription drug coverage at least so mm-hmm. that you have that coverage, which we can go over later about late enrollment penalty fees and things like that, um, or at least a, an advantage or a supplement plan mm-hmm. to cover those gaps. And that's where the confusion comes in. At least that's what mm-hmm. happened for me, trying to understand the supplemental side of it and what my mom would need and how much difference would it be to cost. Because when I was working in the corporate world, for me, and even for her as a teacher, you do have your insurance through your employer and you get used to Mm -hmm. what you're Mm -hmm. uh, receiving and what they cover and yeah sometimes the as years go by inflation takes effect and we have higher deductibles and we have higher payments right but you still have an insurance you still have something that you can rely on you still have something that is that peace of mind and so then going forward i know thankfully when i stepped away from the corporate world i didn't have to fall in that panic world of, oh, no, I don't have insurance. But then I started trying to understand what my mom did have right. and how I could help her. And so the supplement part of it and her prescription, especially the older you get, the prescriptions start changing. Oh, absolutely. Medicare Part D section that we'll get into a little bit later. I'm sure that's uh, one of the questions. But um, uh, And the Medicare Advantage plans, um, they get very... Uh, regulated by Medicare and all the rules that we have to follow because they're concerned, you know, the powers that be at CMS are concerned that it's confusing to understand. Mm -hmm. But I actually find with the younger generation, it's a lot easier to understand because it Mm -hmm. mirrors uh, the employer plan. And what I mean by that is if I told you that you have to purchase a prescription drug plan, your current plan doesn't cover drugs, but 
you need prescriptions. Somebody has to pay for it at the pharmacy. Right. Either you pay 100% or you get another company to help you. Mm -hmm. Most people understand that. If I say you can buy a company that has hospital, doctor, and prescriptions all wrote into one card, most people say, well, that's what I have with my employer plan. What's right. the difference? And there really isn't. Now, the way it's funded, maybe the deductibles, the co-pays, the co-insurances, maybe that's the difference, right? But the concept is the same. The definitions of premiums, deductibles, co-insurance, co-pays, they're all the same. So realistically, someone who maybe doesn't understand Medicare, they just they may not know they're already armed with the knowledge. They just need to transfer the knowledge hmm. and then apply it when there are a little bit of differences here and there. What actually gets confusing, it's what's been around longer than the Medicare Advantage and the Medicare Part D. It's the Medicare Supplement because people <laughs> don't understand it. It's a exactly. secondary insurance. Yeah. They think they're buying an actual full service insurance to take over for Medicare, and that's not how it works. Right. So yeah. Supplements go with Medicare, so the supplements pick up what Medicare doesn't. Right. So if you have a supplement, you have to show your Medicare card and then they, you know, the provider bills Medicare the 80% and then the other 20 should be picked up by the supplement, depending on what supplement you pick, not to be confusing, but there's A through N, right. plans A through right. N. And so each plan has a different, you know, the most popular or the one back back before 2020 was the plan F as in Frank. Right. It was like the Cadillac plan. It was the one that paid what Medicare didn't, you know, it's all the bells and whistles. Gotcha. Um, but ever since 2020, so if you have um, a Part A or Part B effective date that is after the year 2020, 1-1-2020, it's now the G as in good. So the plan mm -hmm. G is, you know, it does have a little bit of a deductible when you see your doctor, but for the most part, once you reach that, everything, you know, is covered by the supplement. So, well, well it's a, for G, it's just a blanket part B deductible. You got to yeah, pay part the whatever. Yeah, part B de deductible and then everything else is covered. So it's kind of like the way I like to explain it is, do, are you the type of person that wants to pay a higher premium up front and then just be done with it and oh, not right. have to worry about a bill? Mm -hmm. Right. That's kind of how the employer plans are. You just pay the premium, and if you use it, you use it. And if not, then you just you, you don't. It up front. Yeah, and now, it there it. goes you know two three hundred dollars a month that you didn't even use. Right. Versus an advantage plan where you can get a plan for a zero premium, maybe thirty bucks. They're very low premiums, even zero, and you just pay as you go. So if mm. you do need to go to the doctor, for the most part, primary cares are zero, maybe five ten bucks. You know, you just have a copay whenever you do go. So then you're saving that big upfront premium. So it really depends on the person you talk to and their needs. And so True. it's really like we teach our agents, we have to get a full analysis before we can even think about where we want to even go with them. Like, do we want to offer a supplement or an advantage? Do they get physical therapy three times a week? Right. Do they have, you know, cert certain conditions where they have to go to a specialist or things like that, where they are, you know, going very frequently to the doctors, then they might be better on a supplement because then you're paying a premium up front and then you don't see anything on, you know, you're paying that deductible, like Joe said, and then you're not getting a bill versus the Advantage plan. You'd be paying like a $45 copay every time you go into a physical therapy, for example. Right. So that's just something to think about. And that's what we as agents have to always be like on our toes about. Um, the second someone says I have diabetes or congestive heart failure, there's plans for that. 
that are specifically, they lower those like insulins down to a lower premium. Interesting. And things like that. So yeah, there's a lot of programs out there that a lot of people are just aren't aware of. And that's the problem is because mm-hmm. even though the employer plans, it is something to be familiar with when you are transitioning and we are aging and our loved ones are reaching that point in life when they need different types of services, just mm-hmm. not maintenance anymore. It's more serious issues. I know that when my mother, thankfully, my mother was always that save for the rainy day type of person. Mm-hmm. She had mm-hmm. multiple savings everywhere, mm-hmm. no matter what. And she drove That's that That's an older home. generation. I yes. can't remember what the actual name of well, that generation is. You never, but, um, yeah. you never want to be without. And mm-hmm. she teases mm-hmm. me saying that I'm from the throwaway generation <laughs> because I would say things but that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and so the the fact that she had set stuff up and she saved i know that there was one year alone with her that we went in and she had to have her defibrillator regenerated new battery she also later that year had to have her gallbladder removed and within that one year alone the insurance was billed well over two hundred eighty-eight thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. and majority of it thank god she was, was covered. covered and she had the insurance through her Medicare plan that she did. Because that's one thing, whenever I take her to her doctor's office and they would say, oh, don't worry, Medicare covers that. I was just at, you know, peace of mind. Oh, good, great. Yeah. But the problem was, is that I never had to, because they said that, I never stopped to think, what is it are they actually covering? And why are they covering that? And what else would they maybe not cover later down Mm -hmm. the road? And do I just hope she doesn't need this later or can I actually look into this and figure out and yeah there are yeah there are special elections so if if someone does develop a chronic illness or maybe they do qualify for extra help from the state you know Medicaid or low-income subsidy or they move like if your mom moved from like Dallas to Austin or whatever um, that does qualify you for special election and with the hurricanes like FEMA things like that they do these special elections for for Medicare eligibles. So you're not always locked in per se unless, you know, there's a special election for that. It's kind of back to what you were saying about your mom. The biggest you said it earlier, the biggest confusion it's it's okay, I get Medicare. Right. And then what? And you know, the way I like to try to tell anyone I speak to, it's uh you don't you can always have Medicare by itself. No agent should be out there saying you have to have Medicare and something because that's not true. You can have Medicare by itself. The problem is for the generations that you just described that Mm -hmm. is always saving for that rainy day. Right. You're putting yourself at the most risk of a rainy day by having Mm -hmm. Medicare by itself. And they don't realize that. You may not even realize that until you do your own research as to, well, I thought they had Medicare. I was told by the doctor that it's covered. So why is my mom having to pay 200 bucks Mm -hmm. for this visit? Shouldn't it be 20 Mm -hmm. bucks or nothing? Uh, because it, it's not designed to cover everything. And that's the biggest thing that I have to try to teach anyone is that Medicare is an insurance plan. It's just not a full insurance plan. Right. And it, and if you want more coverage, you have to have Medicare first in order to get the more coverage. Of course. It's the gatekeeper. Right? Right. That's why I keep coming back to that. I'm sure Medicare doesn't like me saying gatekeeper, but it's it's the reality <laughs> it, of the it situation. It is. They're the ones that, yeah, they approve or everything. Every application, whether it's advantage they they have or prescriptions to, they or don't prescriptions. approve yeah medicare yes. has nothing to do with medicare supplements it is that medicare supplement is a true secondary private, insurance that's secondary. private 
and they are not even regulated by Medicare. They're regulated by the, the state, whatever state that you are in, the Department of Insurance, even though it has the word Medicare in front of it. Right. Another confusing part. Right. So, again. Just, yeah. Another, just important to reiterate what Joe was saying is that Medicare doesn't cover drugs. And what Medicare, they don't put, or they do put it, but everybody glances over because there's so much paperwork mm-hmm. that nobody wants to deal with the paperwork. Of course. If you don't get a drug plan, mm. when you're first eligible for Part A and Part B, if you don't get a drug plan, which a lot of clients that we talk to, unfortunately, not a lot, but, you know, some are like, I don't take any drugs. Why do I have mm. to get on a drug plan? I don't take mm. anything. Well, now, they don't get on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In 10 years, you might. Right. But right now, you don't. So if you don't get on a drug plan when you're first eligible after the 63 days. Yeah, you get a 63-day grace period. You get a 63-day grace period once you get on Medicare. If you don't get on a drug plan within those 63 days, Mm -hmm. then you get a 1% penalty fee for every month that you're not on a drug plan. See, and that's the red tape that Mm -hmm. I was referring to. Mm -hmm. And those are the details that we're not aware of. And for the people who are in our age group and younger, and they're trying to help their loved ones get through this, these are the details that we would have just said, oh, I don't need yeah. to know that right now because I'm not... I'm, I'm not, not taking drugs, so yeah. I don't need any. Well, and, and there's yeah. been times where I wasn't taking something at that point in time, right. but then I have a procedure later. Or you get sick and you need to get on antibiotics or something. Yeah. Yeah, a short-term medication. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something catastrophic. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like a right. car accident mm-hmm. because I know I've had my fair share of um, ailments that needed an antibiotic, mm-hmm. which, you know, for example. But this is where... We have to learn and understand what Medicare is and what it's not right. in advance to proactively prepare for it. So what age is the, I guess, the, the gatekeeper? What age are we allowed to apply for Medicare? Yeah, I love that question. I mean, I can't speak for the future because obviously we know in 2020 there's some things depending on which uh, candidate gets elected, things could change, right? So I'm not saying that they will. (laughs) I'm not going on record saying that that would happen, but (laughs) I can only speak to today. (laughs) The way it works is you typically you would be 65. That's the first eligible age to get part A. And as long as you paid, you know, like we just mentioned into social security, you're going to get part A because it costs you nothing to get zero to get it. But you can decide at 65 if you want part B because you have to pay for that. Right. Part B monthly premium. But I always get worried telling people that because immediately it's like, well, I'm 32. I don't need it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not entirely true because you can get Medicare as soon as 21 years old if you've had a disability. Mm. Um, You know, that's the earliest Mm -hmm. is 21. I had there's no no one under 21 that can get it. But um, if you were disabled throughout your your life at, at, you know, one or two, you could. at 18 is when their, your clock would start to get it as soon as 21, right? Um, but after 21, it's a 24-month uh, disability window. So if you've been disabled for 24 months and let's just say you're 30, mm-hmm. you're perfectly healthy up until then, maybe you fall from a scaffolding at work and mm-hmm. now you are disabled mm-hmm. and it's proven you know, by the doctor and, and you send a notice into Social Security, 24 months later, you could qualify for Medicare. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's good to know Mm -hmm. because one of the areas that I have also learned because of my mother is bipolar. I was just going to mention that. That is something that is overlooked Mm -hmm. and is also considered a disability. disability. Mm -hmm. And that was the first step my mother took when she was having to apply for Social Security and actually getting her Social Security was having to be declared 
disabled because of her bipolar disorder. And that's something that others are not aware of. And regardless of the age, I guess, 18 and up, older, mm-hmm. if you have that diagnosis, mm-hmm. that is something you could also consider and look into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the clock can start yeah. as soon as 18, but you can't get it any sooner than 21. I'll also add, just since we're on that topic, you can mm-hmm. still be under 65 and have end-stage renal disease and be able to get uh, Medicare, as well as Lou Gehrig's disease and ALS. That's good to know. Yeah. It's very good to know. In this area, as caregivers are having to learn about this, one of the other areas that comes up is respite care. Mm-hmm. And if their loved ones have already gone through this process and they are already on Medicare, would they actually be able to seek respite care for themselves through their loved one's Medicare? And if they can, how would that work? Let me make sure I understand the question. So if someone else in the family has the respite care, is that what you're saying? So let's look at this as for an example. So my mother is on Medicare Mm -hmm. and before she actually transitioned into her community, her memory care community, she was living with us. Oh. And so if I needed respite care. Like you are the caregiver. I am the caregiver and I need respite care. Could I actually schedule respite care for myself? But I mean, having her needs being met through a, I guess, qualified. So you're, yeah. So I, from what I'm understanding is like, Mm -hmm. if she needed home health care or something like that, Mm -hmm. you could be the provider, Mm -hmm. the designated provider. We see that a lot. Now, the answer to your question is not just with Medicare. No, Medicare covers home health care, but it has to be skilled. Okay. So, but that's where Medicaid, the Texas state Medicaid comes in. Okay. And in that situation, let's pretend for this topic of conversation, your mother has Medicare and Medicaid. You can absolutely seek that opportunity to get paid, actually, to take care of yes, your mother. Yes, I was just going to say that. So, or, or even for a Medicare Advantage plan, they have contracts with home health care companies. And if you were to apply to be a caregiver for your mom, then you could get paid hmm. here, you know, if you're as working home from home, home as her home health. Actually, my mom did that with my grandma before she passed, too. So that's interesting. They did have a, a provider that would come in. That's another option that you could have is if you weren't home and you were actually had to go to work, somebody could come. They would pay somebody to come and take care of your loved one. Both of those scenarios she described are true. And um, but th- there's a few if it's just Medicare only, there's right. it just doesn't cover that section. Now, there are there's always a way to get waivers and things of that nature. But um just to be completely candid about Medicare by itself, no. Okay. You'd have to have Medicaid or an Advantage plan or a supplement or something extra that would cover right. the home health care, the non-skilled home health care, excuse me. Okay. So that would be something someone could consider um, well before the next open enrollment period. So if they wanted to add on or change their supplement, then they could actually go forward in that open enrollment period and change. And check out That's and correct. see what... Yeah, what's available. Okay, so that's, it's very interesting understanding what Medicare is. So one of the things I want to kind of clarify is what Medicare is not. And I know that some people in terms of looking into like long-term insurance, for example, they may 
bypass that thinking, I don't need this because I will get Medicare when I become mm-hmm. of age. Or my parents don't need this because once, as soon as they qualify for Medicare, they don't have to worry about. So that's one of those misconceptions that I would like to dispel. Can you speak a little bit to that on that? Sure. So you actually get skilled nursing facilities with Medicare with nothing, you know, not adding anything else, just Medicare by itself. And you get a hundred days worth of care. Now, that may not be long enough. Right. You might actually get discharged to a full-time, long-term home or nursing home. In that case, yeah, the person would pay 100% out of their pocket for that. They would need to get Medicaid or pick up some kind of Star Plus program from the state that would help them with that long-term care. Yeah, long-term or get care. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, or get a... Um, yeah. Uh, long-term care insurance. And there are still some. There used to be many long-term care insurance companies out there, but they're shrinking because it's becoming costly. Um, And because the Advantage companies and Medicaid stepping in and really shining in that area. So there's... They're starting to offer more home health care services. And even some of the employer plans are offering that as a a rider or an additional uh, insurance offering. So, but it's just not going to come with Medicare by itself. Now, I also want to reiterate that you do get 100 days worth of skilled nursing. And depending on your definition of long-term, it could fall within 100 days so for mm-hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. But some people may say, no, I'm talking about like living in living a, there a nursing past that. Right. So mm-hmm. it just not, it's not going to cover after 100 days. Yeah, and I think the, the reason why so much of that misconception is out there is because the scenario that people throw out, the, the convenient one, or I shouldn't say convenient one, the consistent one of, well, what if they fall and break their hip? Well, that's where that 100 days would come in easily. But what if it's not that? What if it's, for example, like my mother with dementia, mixed dementia. And so now she's in a facility that is not just the 100 days. It's most likely going to be her the remainder long-term. of her days. It's her long term. And so that's where of all the planning and saving in advance, she did not consider long-term insurance because she had that thought of, I don't need it. I have Medicare. Mm. And that bit her in the butt. But to do this in a proactive sense and get everyone else on board, um, if it, you know, and, and it's enough for me to say that if it means you uh, cut back, you look at your budget and you start cutting back, uh, do I really need that Starbucks <laughs> every right. day? Do I really need to um, have this or that? You know, certain right. things in life that we find ourselves um, getting stuck into. I know um, in this COVID time, watching television nonstop or more often than we used to, the commercials that you get bombarded Mm -hmm. with and the lifestyle we think we're supposed to have (laughs) that we get programmed into. Mm -hmm. And there's very little commercials out there to say Medicare is going to cost X amount and you need to be aware of this and you need to... But unfortunately, those for our age group, those are the type of things that there are. They are out there. But what do we do? We change the channel. Of course, we we shrug it off because we well, don't. Well, and it. then during it the apply. yeah during the most important time, which is actually coming up October fifteenth through December seventh, you're going to start seeing all those mm-hmm. Medicare supplement, Medicare Advantage commercials. You're going to start getting, if not already, bombarded with direct mail pieces in your inbox or emails or text messages and and social media and things like that so it's just good to kind of sift through and make sure because there's so much noise out there yes and so we just always say you know talk to a local license agent because 
I had so many people that I've talked to and helped and they just like call a random person in a different state or they get on the wrong website. Right. And there's scammers too, which I'm sure you, that's a whole yes. other topic. Oh, gosh. Yes. So, um, it's just, just be aware, you know, and I don't know, I just, well, let me, yeah, let me piggyback off of what you're saying. So, and what you're saying too, uh, the TV, you could be sitting here mm-hmm. during October 15th and you might catch one ad. But if you flip to QVC station or oh, AMC station or right. any of the Lifetime. stations geared toward <laughs> the older generation, we'll exactly. say, uh, or maybe 65 and older, mm-hmm. um, and it's on All every other commercial. Mm-hmm. So um, you're right. It's it's not a matter of access. It's a matter of do you want the access because you just need to know where to go look. Right. You know, if you don't want to speak to an agent, you can absolutely watch the, the commercials and get it every other commercial. You just have to change it to the right channel. Um, but it's like you said, I, it doesn't apply to me right now. Right. So I'm just going to well, skip that one. Well, insurance in general is not the most fun That's topic. True. No, it's either. Not. So, you know, everyone puts it off to the last minute anyways. That's true. That's yeah. true. And it's it's one of the things that we don't want to think of. Right. We, we don't want to have to, because then you have to actually admit, oh my goodness, I'm getting older. and Oh my goodness, these things are going to start happening. You know, it's down to even my glasses. When the doctor says, oh, you're going to start having this problem and you can't read. And so I get it in my mind. Oh no, I'm getting older. My, yeah. my glasses, I'm going to have to start going from single vision to bifocals. And going back to your question about what Medicare isn't, well, it definitely doesn't cover vision. Right. It doesn't cover dental. Exactly. Um, yet, it doesn't, no. yeah, it doesn't cover those extra ancillary benefits that other plans might like for example medicare advantage plans the reason why they are called an advantage plan is because they offer most of them now they're all different in the different areas but Mm -hmm. i'm just saying in general they do offer dental vision hearing even credits for hearing aids or discounts for hearing aids gym memberships or Hmm. now because of covid um, doing videos uh, online videos for exercise at home Mm -hmm. um yeah, so that, those um, chiropractic care adjustments, uh, some acupuncture, possibly, um, and then transportation. A lot of seniors don't have transportation, right. so private vehicles that come pick you up and take you to your appointment bring you back. Um, and that's not just like a bus; it's an actual private vehicle. Right. And so, yeah, there's just so and the personal emergency response system. You know, like the I've fallen and I can't get up things so just little things like that that could go a long way when we bring that to attention to our clients they their eyes just bright up they get so excited like oh my gosh I can order out of a catalog and I can order my vitamins because they get credits or I can go to you know CVS or Walmart or wherever and I can use my credits to get all my vitamins or my toothpaste and Right. Just things that Benefits. you need anyways. So it's it's gotten really beneficial. It doesn't cover cosmetic Medicare. And and honestly, neither would the Medicare supplements or the Medicare Advantage that Monique's talking about. It, the Advantage plans might, you might have to get some kind of exception depending on what the cosmetic was for. Right. But the, yeah, the general rule of... medically necessary. Yeah, the general rule is medically necessary for anything that would mm-hmm. fall under cosmetic to be done. For example... You smashed your nose mm-hmm. and you think it just looks ugly, but you can breathe fine and there is no medical detriment to it. Oh, They're not going to pay right. for that. But if there is a medical detriment, it would be reconstructed for you. So yeah. um, but so cosmetic would not be covered. As we've mentioned a few times already, prescription drugs would not be covered. 
there is another one that escapes me right on now, Medicare. but uh, on Medicare that it doesn't cover. But um, you think you listed them with dental vision. Yeah. But the the biggest thing too with Medicare that a lot of people find out uh, sometimes too late is that there is no yearly maximum limit. Yeah, that's and so key. That's that is very a big key. one because mm-hmm. you know you might spend the first year at sixty five saying you know like I'm just so confused with. What is a Part D? What is a Medicare supplement? Do I need both of those? Do I really need this Advantage plan? Because they say that's my primary insurance and I worked, you know, all these years and now I I want Medicare to be my primary Mm -hmm. insurance. So I don't want that. You know, and you take that chance of not having it for one year and then you have an open heart surgery several Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands later. Yeah, when you were healthy all your life and then it just happens. It does. And then Mm -hmm. when that happens, unfortunately, if your bill is $20,000, with an employer plan, for example, like usually at twenty sixty five, you're coming off an employer plan. You right. knew my deductible is five thousand or whatever. I'm making that up, mm-hmm. but my if, if I had a bad situation, my total maximum out of pocket would be twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand that. No, not with Medicare. Not with Medicare. Yeah, it and so be... earlier you mentioned that your mom had like two hundred eighty eight thousand dollars right. in a year. Can right. you imagine her having to pay twenty percent of that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if she was just on Medicare, she'd be responsible for twenty percent of that. Exactly. And thank God she wasn't. Right. And that's that was the oh, the copay at that time at the hospital both times was just a relief mm-hmm. that she did not get hit with a huge mm-hmm. financial burden because you're you're. Turning 65, you're coming out of the corporate world mm-hmm. in, in most cases, you know, in most cases, in most cases. Yeah. Uh, you're coming out of the corporate world. You're coming off of this employer insurance and life is changing. You know, you're looking forward to, towards retirement and what that means. But unfortunately, at that point in time, life changes and those expenses that you didn't have in your 20s, 30s, 40s, even in your 50s start happening. Mm hmm. And that's when you need the most coverage, unfortunately. Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm at the age, well, I've been in this industry for, I guess, 13 years now, maybe 12 years. And now my parents are at the age, like my dad just, well, he's going to be 66 now, but last year he was on, he just got on Medicare. So now I'm like, I, in fact, got him to be an agent. So <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it's like all in the family now. And so, you know, we're all Medicare experts at this point. So I feel super comfortable. Whereas, right. like, you know, if asked me in college if this was my career, heck no. Yeah. It's so funny it, how, right. how things change. But, yeah, now we know exactly what plan my mom's going to want to get on when she turns 65, <laughs> you know. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up about teacher retirement. Perfect. Because you were talking about the teacher retirement. So that always changes too every year. So it's really good if you're a teacher and you're retiring, know what your benefits are. And you can always compare. You have that option. But Joe and I and a lot of our agents, we have teachers coming off TRS Hmm. onto the Medicare Advantage side because they're saving premiums. So it, it, it depends on the area. And of course, your needs, but something to consider on that as well. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time where the moment somebody would say, I have TRS, Mm -hmm. we we couldn't turn around and get out the door fast enough just because it made sense not to touch them. Stay where you're at. But every year things change. And I would say in the last three to four years, I don't. I can't speak to what TRS is doing. I can only say that when you compare the plans, for sure it makes zero sense for a spouse 
mm-hmm. to stay with the other spouse on, yeah. on TRS mm-hmm. because it just costs too much money when the spouse who already them. has Medicare oh. can go and get another plan and be cheaper. Now, the person who's getting the TRS, their monthly premium might still be manageable and the benefits may still be strong enough compared mm-hmm. to what they could get in the field. But it just be, seems that the last couple of years, it hasn't been the case. It has been the case mm-hmm. where what they could get from an agent like Monique and I is actually going to be a greater than product than what they're getting from TRS. Yeah, it, it's always good to compare. Absolutely. And every, every TRS oh, yeah. program is different. So, and every, I think, position, if you're, you know, a principal or a teacher, right. they all have different tiers and stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's it's still really good, important to sit down every year and, and check those benefits, I would say. Definitely. And I'm not sure how many, uh, like what kind of state line people are listening here, but if, if, they're, if you're not in the state of Texas, everything that's being said right now, for the most part, crosses state lines. But when it comes to individual plans, you should always check with, your benefit uh, with the benefit coordinator or the, the local agent, because you could say you have company X in Texas. And it's phenomenal. So I want my uncle in Wisconsin to have right. the same exact plan. And it, and it may not, yeah, it may not be the exact same plan. Maybe they don't have the doctors proper. There's so many variables. So it's not that it's a bad company. It's just that they may not have the the plan in that area. It's all yeah, it's zip code just specific. Just good to compare in general, and then kind of going off of that, if you're a veteran VA. There are plans for VA members. You can keep your VA plan. You can keep your TRICARE. And you can have an Advantage plan so that you don't just have to go to the VA to seek care. You can actually have a primary care doctor that's down the street that you can go to instead of having to go to the VA or go to the VA hospital. That's even better. Oh, my goodness. So that's something really important to know. That's a huge difference because when my dad was, he was a veteran and... Every time he had to make an appointment, he had to do it months, months in, in advance, advance to get his appointment. And even if it was a planned appointment, he'd still get there and wait hours mm-hmm. to be seen or they would have to reschedule after all that time. And he'd have to come back, you know, so right. many weeks later still. Thank goodness so it wasn't an that, emergency. But Yeah, knowing that there are Medicare Advantage plans specifically for veterans out That's there. excellent. And they do uh, give yes, them those additional you, benefits. I have... Oh, I, I don't even know how many clients I have that are veterans, but it almost starts off the same in the conversation. Yes. Like, why do I need to get an extra? I have Medicare and the VA. Why do I need any extra insurance? And I'm like, well, technically you can get a Medicare Advantage. And in this case, it may not cost you anything. And then you can go to the local pharmacy to get yeah. your prescriptions. Yeah. for convenience. Or mail order. And, you know? and, and yeah. it's, it's a reluctant thing sometimes they get it because it's like, oh, I kind of like that gym membership that yeah. it comes with. So I'll take it for that. And then I get called later on like, well, you know, I actually had to go down to the Walgreens <laughs> to pick up a prescription because it's actually cheaper than and the VA. Like, I know. And so <laughs> it, it almost works out that way. Uh, most of the time for me, I can't speak for all the agents, where it's like this bated teeth. I'll yeah. take the advantage plan because it I like that one benefit, but I don't think I'm gonna use anything else on it. And then they wind up using it more than they think. Well, it's a cost benefit. They start mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. am I saving money? Am mm-hmm. I spending more money? But mm-hmm. you know, these are the kind of things that it's priceless. Yeah. It's positive mm-hmm. benefit to have. And these to have um, advantage plans, they just keep getting more competitive with each yes. other. It's to the point where now they're like actually giving premiums back on your part B. It's like it's wild. Yeah. I mean, they're really the benefits and it's only just helping the client. It's really of helping course. the patient. So it's a good thing. And it helps us because it keeps us excited every year seeing what's new, what's coming. And it's always something better and better. So it's great. Well, and your clientele learns to uh, trust you and you 
create keeps, a larger mm-hmm. loyal customer base because they know that you're looking out for their best interest and not just selling them like you said Something. earlier yeah and we're required every year regardless how many years we've been in it to take a yearly test for yes. per company that we represent you, you know we represent over a do- or at least i represent over a dozen for the company and um it's 12 different tests well i shouldn't yeah. say different very similar tests but you gotta go through mm-hmm. it right helps keep that education guess, expert up. education mm-hmm. yeah that's a better word education uh, going for the agent so well it's a changing market out there and it's a changing world for sure mm-hmm. covid definitely brought a lot of the things to the forefront that people just really didn't consider and one of the questions i do want to ask home health is something that people don't truly understand what home health is and for me when that was mentioned it didn't really start coming forward until mom was needing some physical therapy and the thought of having to one more appointment to take her out of the house for and one more doctor's appointment that but when they mentioned it can be done in the home Uh and then of course, right away, the follow-up is, and Medicare covers that. Right. Again, those were questions that I didn't ask in the moment. It's just that cost-benefit, that the thought process, the relief of, oh, thank God, Medicare covers it. But for those that are needing home health, what can we tell them what home health is and what Medicare would actually cover? Right, right. So just for that particular purpose, um, home health care has two parts. Um, the skilled. And that's a little bit harder to understand because they say skill. What does skilled mean? Um, if it's, mm-hmm. is it that physical therapy, which is mm-hmm. a skill? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a skill that the son or the daughter of the Medicare patient mm-hmm. would have. Is it to dress an open wound, which uh-huh. happens? People get sent sure. home, they need home health care. True. Um, Checking if they're taking their meds. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of them. But the mm-hmm. other one is occupational. Mm-hmm. Uh, therapy that they can, you know, come home to help with. Um, all of those things would be covered by Medicare because it's skilled. Where it's non-skilled, maybe your your mom is fine, doesn't need physical therapy, but she needs you or or whoever to help her take a bath. Oh, definitely. To clean the to floors. For her. To throw away the trash from the spoiled food in the fridge. Absolutely. That was a problem for us. That is the the non-skilled that you would need, as I mentioned earlier, either some kind of advantage plan help or a star plus uh, from the state or Medicaid. Those are the ones or those are the uh, companies that would help with the non-skilled side and how someone could get paid to do those services because they're not skilled. Non-skilled just means that there are things that an everyday person could do, clean, cook, help take a bath, wash your hair, make the bed. Make the bed. Mm-hmm. But if, if you were to say, I need to do what I did for my mom, which is help dress an open wound, which I learned in five minutes at the hospital by necessity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I have that skill. It was by necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a skilled uh, mm-hmm. nursing, a skilled home, excuse me, skilled home health care situation. So that would be covered. Now, I wouldn't get paid for it. They would send an actual nurse. Absolutely. It's just that we just didn't, we couldn't, for, for whatever reason, I can't remember, but we could not have somebody coming at the house there all the time. So I just said, teach me how to do it. And mm-hmm. I did. But that's what's covered, the skilled side. And that's a definite benefit. I can't tell you how many times I stressed when those moments came up for me that I, 
gave me a new skill to have to do or learn. And um, some of it was, okay, sure, I can do this. I can help her. And some of it was honest panic. I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't want to do this. I don't like this. What if I do it wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea of what could happen from that, what would, you know, dressing a wound, if I did it wrong, um, would I cause infection and she gets worse? I just really had the nerves were just shaken when it came to me having to think, what do I have to do? What can I do? And then seeking outside help, not understanding what home health is and not knowing what it is and who pays for it, who could pay mm-hmm. for it. You know, it was one more thing finding other outside because there's tons of agencies out there that do it oh, yeah. um, for profit and there are good ones. And then there are the other ones that do take advantage. But luckily I was able to find good ones, but they were out of pocket paid when she could have used her services just because right. I didn't know at the time. What? Yeah, I would always say check with your insurance first. And then there's always state programs. Like we work closely with like the, the area agency on aging. They, they're they a really good resource in Austin if, if you're local here. Um, but there's always, yeah, dads. There's so mm-hmm. many nonprofit, not, not there to just make a buck. You know, they're mm-hmm. really there to help educate caregivers and also educate client, you know, even agents. It's just a good networking for everybody just to know what's out there in your community. And if I can add to the skilled uh, nursing, what is it, the home health care that is covered by Medicare, um, there are so many visits that, that they'll cover. And if you exceed those visits, then it won't be covered. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if I can stress to anyone out there listening, like if you can pick up that skill, do it because eventually the visits or the allowable times that the person's coming oh, to their right. home will run out. And maybe like my father-in-law has, you know, a, a hand issue and his physical therapy is running out. Right. But I, you know, one of the things is what we talk about is, well, are you learning what you have to do True. so that you can continue doing it afterward? True. Because if you're just there, just doing the motion, but not paying attention, you have to try to fight to get that service again. Right, because in 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 the Medicare's mind or the insurance mind, they've done what they were supposed to to get mm-hmm. you back to whole. True. So true. They've already provided the benefit that they were required to right provide. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, thank you so much for providing this information, helping us understand what Medicare is and what it's not. There is definitely. A lot more information to know. <laughs> I was just going to say, we could talk about this forever. Well, <laughs> There's so much And to go that's over. why I wanted to continue on with what topics or a few topics that you have experienced with your clients that seem to be the norms. Like you said about the veterans, like they all come forward with the same misconception of, and you have to explain things. What are the, those type of things that... One, yeah, one that comes to mind is HMOs. HMOs oh. have such a bad reputation. Right. Health maintenance organization is what it stands for. But in my opinion, because I, I like both HMO and PPO, and it's just, again, it depends on the person mm-hmm. of what, you know, and PPO is a preferred provider organization. So depends on your network and everything. Some people don't like to be limited in a network. Mm-hmm. But if you're an individual who's just getting on Medicare, maybe has a doctor maybe doesn't or doesn't mind trying a new doctor 
getting in a network of doctors that where the right hand tops to the left hand can be so beneficial Mm -hmm. for somebody who just doesn't want to deal with their healthcare. They just are like, you tell me where to go, I'll go. And that way, everybody is in the know of what prescriptions you take. You're not double taking prescriptions. And and it can be a good thing. So I want to kind of like try to get the word out that it's not that bad. Like I want to, I'm trying, like HMO is actually not that bad because it actually helps people stay on track with their healthcare. They get called by their doctor like, hey, you can need your visit, get your physical. Oh, and this is your specialist and you need to go see this heart doctor. And then all the specialists and doctors all talk to each other so they know exactly what's going on with that individual versus somebody who's just like, I'm on, you know, X, Y plan. I'm going to see this doctor and taking this prescription. I'm going to this doctor and take, and those prescriptions, you know, talk exactly. And so it's kind of like, yes, there's pros and cons of everything, but that's one misconception that I kind of want to get out there to change is like, it's really not that bad. I'm glad you said that. Yes. I, I am because that's something, that's yet another thing that as I took her from, her cardiologist to the gastroenterologist to the neurologist to the, and exactly. everyone you go to they ask what your list of medications are and so I had to memorize you were the HMO you were the <laughs> one putting everything to together sure. and so I finally started getting to the point where I would ask them oh wait you're about to prescribe her this will that interfere with this this See? and that because she's also taking this for this and See? and so and then they would stop and look up real quick and say no there's no known oh, side effects goodness. or something so that was very <laughs> turning to me as well. Absolutely. But so, I can see what you mean with yeah. the difference between HMO and PPO. I actually have a different story, but I do kind of want to piggyback up what okay. you just said. Because it is a big one. <laughs> HMO yeah. is a big one that she covered. Uh, that's the biggest either misconception or or obstacle, whatever yeah. the case is for people. But um, it does require a referral. That's another one that people don't like. But right. it's actually not as bad as it used to be where... You don't even need to go in to see the doctor. And most of these HMOs, uh, they'll write the referral if it's something that they know it's already on your record. If mm-hmm. if you have knee issues, chronic knee issues, and you need to see a knee specialist, mm-hmm. it, it costs you nothing to go in to see your doctor in most cases, right, mm-hmm. for this Advantage plan or these types of Advantage plans. So if you had to go in, you're not paying for that visit. But mm-hmm. most of the time, they'll say, oh, Jessica, you're, yeah, you, you do have chronic knee issues. Okay, fine. Let me forward over the... Uh, referral or speak to your doctor on the phone real quick five minutes we'll forward over the referral so it's really not that hard to get the referral in in certain situations Uh, but that's just what i wanted to kind of wrap up on the uh, hmo and it's designed to be a circle of care because the thought process between doctors now is that if there's a you know an open system of care that it only takes that one situation where they get misdiagnosed prescription wise, like you just said, exactly. or if they're in the hospital and nobody understood that maybe they had a defibrillator or whatever. I'm, I'm definitely right. kind of or messing it up. But, to us or they're allergic to Yes, exactly. Any of those situations, if there's not this circle of communication where mm-hmm. everybody knows what's going on with you um, and no one's guessing, it could actually lead more harm. So that's what the HMO attempts to do. Now, the story I wanted to say or the, or the, or the, <laughs> the biggest thing that I hear is I know about a Medicare supplement, Joe. I'm turning 65. I know that's what my mother had, so I'm familiar with it. But I keep hearing about these Medicare Advantage plans. Mm. And it sounds too good to be true because my neighbor down the street, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he has an HMO plan. And right. it's a zero premium. Mm. So he told me he's only paying for his Medicare Part B premium plus zero. And he's getting hospital, doctor, prescription drug benefits, dental, vision, transportation, 
50 credits every three months for over-the-counter nice. uh, and a gym membership for nothing. Is he on Medicaid? Is he getting state assistance? <laughs> no, it's actually true. That's what I have to talk about. And they wow. say, well, why is that true? And the biggest why that people don't understand is that when you sign up for a Medicare Advantage plan, you mm-hmm. still keep your Medicare. You just don't use it to the doctor or the hospital because Medicare mm-hmm. is now going to pay your part, the, the part B that you're paying to Medicare. Right. They turn around and send it right to the Medicare Advantage company. Interesting. And so in their mind, they're still active because you're mm-hmm. paying the part B. Mm-hmm. They're paying for you. They're basically paying the they're Advantage paying. company mm-hmm. who's regulated and has to offer these benefits. Not right. all of them, but they have to be a greater minimum of minimum of Medicare mm-hmm. and they try to go beyond that, right? right? And so they're paying them because they're paying them, these Advantage companies, they become your primary insurer. Hmm. And then you get these benefits and use their network of doctors. And that's how it works with these Advantage plans. That's usually what I'm, if it's not the HMO, mm-hmm. it's right. that. Explain to me how, how I can really get a zero, zero. premium. Right. Yeah, well, you're paying it through your Part B. You know, my mother had a, the, the Cadillac yeah. Medicare Advantage plan with the <laughs> top of the line Part D, mm-hmm. and she was still coming out additionally out on top of the Part B premium, another $250, $300 a month. That's probably what I need because Billy Bob's paying nothing, but he's getting all these extra benefits. How is that possible? So that's usually what I'm explaining. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference, especially as you get to that point. Not only yeah. are you finally of age and you can apply for it, yeah. but you're by that point, you're looking at fixed income. Right. And, and your right. dollars yeah. have to go further. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to what I was saying, now the pro side on a PPO is if you're one of those people that are still traveling or have a, a second home, yes. Um, yes. that's where you would want to look more into a PPO that has more of a national network of doctors. Absolutely. When I was talking about HMOs, mainly for the folks that aren't really traveling, they're more just, you know, at home and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So for the PPO, if you're traveling half the year or whatever the case is, then then the PPO might be a better option for you or a supplement depending on your, your situation. Your situation. Right. And usage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something to consider. Yeah. We had a, a time with my mother uh, while we were still learning that she was actually succumbing to dementia and she actually had a wild hair one day and she packed her bags, packed the dog and took off and went to Florida. Well, driving towards Florida, of course, she missed one exit and ended up in South Carolina. But by the time she pulled over, she only pulled over because her ankles were swollen at that point. She had been driving and drinking coffee nonstop so that she could stay awake and drive. But when she got there, it was like her insurance covered her out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. that wasn't um, total out of network and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, she did. Something good to know. That's amazing. But yeah, especially, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, now really. with, now with COVID and everything, yes. oh, you know, right. people are like just getting in the RV and <laughs> driving everywhere, you know, exactly. just getting out. So insurance is very, when you can understand it and you can actually, it's there for you for that very purpose. I mean, we all have car insurance, house insurance, medical health insurance. I mean, it's there for a purpose, but when you, in this case, Take the time to learn and go further into the details of what insurance is and how to make it work for you. That's when you're in the sweet spot. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. And for our millennial caregivers and for our sandwich generation where 
you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do for your loved one, whether it's your parent or a sibling or a spouse. I mean, the more you know, the sooner you can get this information. For me, the more I learned, the better my decisions started to become. And life just, I looked at life in a different way. Now seeing it from my mother's perspective, knowing, okay, I might have this expense later down the road. You're going to be a little bit more prepared. Exactly. And you're not going to have surprises. You're going to know pretty much what you're, what you're going to want at that point. You know, when you say it, like you just did, I'm like, wow, that's extreme common sense, but it just actually never occurred to me like that until you just mentioned that. So I'm thankful to hear you say that, especially because what's going to happen if you decide not to pay attention to what's going on maybe with your mother and your father. And I'm not saying you, I'm just speaking in generally. Right. If you decide not to pay attention, you're going to get right around 63 and a half. You're going to mm-hmm. get bombarded with such literature and mail about Medicare. And then, of course, you've got not just original Medicare, you've got Medicare options. And then they all have 14 or 15 different companies per option. Um, and then, of course, you got your drug options. So you're, you're just stacking these stacks of papers worth of mail literature. Right. And then, of course, insurance agents are going to try to solicit your business. And so you're going to really be, for lack of a better term, firehose with information right mm-hmm. at 63 and a half. But if you would just be a little engaged, maybe at a younger age to help maybe your mother, your father, your uncle, whoever is on Medicare, what you're doing is you're taking in the information, the good pertinent information, the real life information as you see what that's exactly. going on in their situation. You know, you're going to start taking it in sooner. So you're not so overwhelmed at 63 and a half or 64, getting ready to turn 65 and get Medicare. That would be, that's such good advice that you, you just kind of mentioned and And, really should be kind of necessary. (laughs) You say it like it's common sense, but you know, the way we live day to day, it's not in our, it's not in our sense of mind at that point in time, because there's so many other things when you're with raising a family. I know I didn't consider it. I made sure that I had my insurance and my children had their More insurance time. and my husband has his and you know we made sure our bubble, you know. Right. But at some point in time our parents do kind of drop out of our bubble cuz you know they raised their family and now it's our turn mm-hmm. and, but right. then it's it's that boomerang effect that it comes right back to you and now you're back in their bubble <laughs> you have to be and now you're having to see life through their eyes yeah. and yeah. you're having to plan for them with them because and here's the thing even when, even as a single person, and this is why I want to point out that there's still so many people out there that say, well, I'm not married and I don't have kids and I'm not taking care of, I'm not a caregiver. And they kind of downplay it and they don't realize that at some point they say, oh, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to deal with it because my mother is still married, my my parents, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they think that between the two of them, they're fine. But when you think about it, one of them is not as fine as you think, and the other one, or they just don't understand as much. So you really do become their mediator and step in Absolutely. to help them. And as you yeah. are becoming to be that compliant caregiver as well, and you are the designated or you become Our designated then you absolutely mm-hmm. have to know because now you are their fiduciary and you're making right. decisions off of their best interest. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I did want to add is that if you do or one of those people that wait till the last minute or, you know, you don't think about it until you're getting there, mm-hmm. not to, I mean, it's not an end all be all. You do have every year, October 15th through December 7th. So if you Good. make a decision and you absolutely hate it, it's the worst thing ever. Right. You're locked in for a year. 
it's not like you're locked in for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So you have that, that one, that year, that Lesson time framed, <laughs> October 15th through December 7th, one time change, not one time change, but that's your time frame to make, if anyone on Medicare, that's your time to shop around and, and make that decision for the Perfect. following calendar year. So you're not locked in. Yeah. So it's like, be prepared, <laughs> but... If you're not, it's not the end all be all. You do have every year to make change. Which is good because you may make that yeah. change and it may be what you need at that point exactly. in time. And within that year, like we said before, life may happen. Exactly. And you need to Things update change. your change. Mm-hmm. And, and you, even if you have to do that annually, you may have gone for um, one plan and included a supplement or a plan and mm-hmm. no supplement. And you're like, hey, I want to save money. And then. Yes. Who doesn't yeah, want to save exactly. money? Exactly. Yes. And you can't always rely on someone else's information. You being armed with it is better. Yeah. Yeah. And but the part, the nice part about trying to, because obviously you can't always be proactive if you just don't have a situation. True. Like Monique was saying, you know, the good news is just take it in stride. You'll, you'll right. you hopefully meet with an agent that can help break it all down. Or if you did somehow make a mistake, you've got the next year to fix it. But the nice part about being proactive is we can tell you everything that's by the book and it should be the same as real world. Right. But only you and, and the people that you're close to can really live the real world situations as to what could happen. And so it would be nice if there was some, I mean, cause that's another uh, barrier I get with clients. It's like, you know, that's great in theory, Joe. I'm glad that that mm-hmm. plan has a maximum out of pocket, but does that really happen? Mm-hmm. If I really reach it, will the plan really turn to a zero for the rest of the year? Yes. But it's nice if you're able to live the real world, to see it yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. And we can, yeah, we can do another whole episode on like the donut <laughs> hole and the drug stages and all that good stuff. Well, but, yeah. yeah. If you, if you, yeah. if, 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 if people want to know, I can, we can definitely break down yeah. a li- better than we did today, the Medicare advantage and the Medicare supplement and prescription drugs. But I know this was more focused more on Medicare like, and what it does and does not mm-hmm. cover. So I just really wanted to try to stay focused on that if I could. Well, those are important things that we want to know about that others need to know, because like we said, we're going to cover little bit more than most people would understand. So sounds great. This has been such a great opportunity for people to learn from. And I'm sure even people that have currently have their Medicare are maybe questioning what they have and maybe realizing that they may, this is an opportunity for them to make some changes to their policies. So how do the people here in Texas find you? Great. Yeah. So we actually have, there's a couple of ways that you can reach us. We have a local 800 number. Well, it's actually 1-888-347-2278. And that goes directly to us. We also uh, have a website. You can check that out at www.barajasinsurancegroup.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's B as in boy, A-R-A-J-A-S and then insurancegroup.com. We are also on Instagram and Facebook, so you can find us on social media. I try to post, you know, pretty frequently with videos or, you know, just little reminders here and there, so you can definitely message us on on Facebook. If you can remember the the domain, www.barajasinsurancegroup.com, if you want to email Monique, you just put M-O-N-I-Q-U-E at (laughs) barajasinsurancegroup.com. 
Or you can email me, Joe, J-O-E, at BarajasInsuranceGroup.com. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but it's yes. going to save you some time. Right. Yes. That's great. Thank you so much for having yes, us. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We're here to help our caregivers and others like me. I hope this gave everybody a little bit more food for thought. And until next time, be proactive. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. To learn more about proactive caregiving and to hear other episodes of this podcast, please visit www.jessicalazelcannon.com. This podcast is produced by Canon Light Media, LLC, www.canonlightmedia.com. Music provided by Chris Paradise. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 